What's up, world? We're back, ready for another podcast of El Grito. It's been a while since my last fucking episode, and I do apologize for that, but yo, I've been busy with school and work. Shit is driving me crazy, man, I'm telling you. Especially that school shit, yo, I've been in school for so long at this point, I'm just like, bro, give me my fucking PhD already so I can get on out of here, move on with my life, you know what I'm saying? But unfortunately, it don't work like that. I gotta actually put in the work necessary in order to get the PhD, and hopefully, after you know all my classes and dissertation are done, then they will be generous enough to offer it to me. Which, by the way, I guess is a good segue into the discussion for today. Uh, but before I get into that, let me just re- I'll reiterate real quick that for those of you who are listening to this, maybe even for the first time, or for those of you all who don't know me on a personal basis, you can find me on social media. On Facebook, starting with Facebook, right? I started this new, well, it's not new. I started a long time ago when I was going to be a rapper. I'm going to still be a rapper. I'm telling you now, keep your fucking ear to the ground because that shit is coming soon enough. But unlike the first time I started rapping, this time I have some motherfucking confidence for one. Two, I have realistic expectations of what is necessary to actually make it in the quote unquote rap game. I'm not trying to make it in the rap game. I don't give a fuck about sign number one. I just want to express myself like the NWA song, right? And I think that's a little bit more realistic goal. I don't need to be the fucking number one artist. I just got to be number one right here in my mind. And that means that I got to give it my best, which I did not do the first time around because I was so trying to get that shit out because, yo, as an ex- yo, your boy, existentially inclined. And in fucking 2013, I was just like, yo, I got to get this shit out before I fucking die and I never release a rap CD. And the quality shows, okay? It wasn't ready yet, but it's ready now. So it's coming soon. So the Facebook page that you can find me on is actually the Facebook page that I started for when I was going to be a fucking rapper. And it reads out as Ice MF Nice 13. That's right. Ice motherfucking nice 13. But I don't say the motherfucking because Facebook won't let me put it. So I just put MF. But you know what it means because I'm telling you right now it's Ice motherfucking nice 13. But again, Ice MF Nice 13 on Facebook. Um, You can also find me on Facebook. uh, No, Instagram. Yeah. Instagram on ice nice underscore el profe. That's my public page. Please don't try to fucking add my private page because it's on private and I will not add your ass. Okay. Um, you can also, I don't really use it that much, but I understand it's been brought to my attention that it's a pretty powerful device. So perhaps I should step my game up and get on that shit too. But Twitter, I started a Twitter. You can follow me there as well. That one reads out as OG underscore ice nice 13. I should probably make them all the same, but I mean, it's not really that difficult, bro. It's not that difficult. You can find that shit. It's not that hard, right? Um, also, before I continue, I do want to give, give a, quick, a quick couple shout outs to the people who have been following this shit from the very first episode to episode number cuatro, this one right here, right? Specifically, Salsa. What's up, dog? I see you. Um, also, uh, Millhouse. Uh, an interesting story about Millhouse is that um, I think he was under the misconception that I did not like him. And that, though, bro, that shit is fucking... No, I hope by this point we have fucking readily squashed that shit out. I know we have. We had a nice little conversation today, but it's also a nice little segue to something else we're, I'm going to try to talk about here shortly in this podcast. And that is this idea that just because we have different beliefs that we somehow got a beef and that shit's just dumb, according, at least according to me. Right. And I'm glad that we were able to. I'm not saying that you had the belief that it was dumb on your behalf. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that it's dumb for these motherfuckers out there who hold that belief. Right. There are people right now in this country who are so adamant and so steadfast in their beliefs, much of which are misguided, as hopefully I've already been able to show you within the first three episodes, that they are unwilling to do something like step outside of their comfort zones and have conversations with people that they don't agree with, despite the fact that doing so, discourse, right, 
is at the foundation of what it's going to take to get us out of this fucking quagmire that we're experiencing as a country, right? So in that respect, yes, shout out to Millhouse again. Thank you for all your tips and advice and everything we've been discussing, the little bit that we've been discussing these past couple of days, right? Um, in fact, I'll talk about it later, namely about how this rhetoric applies and this idea that before this, before actually, you know, doing these podcasts, we had never really spoken many words to one another, that most of the uh, interaction that we held had been via social media, which is just a terrible, terrible way in order to be able to convey ideas, right? We got to actually be sitting down here and discussing this shit out, maybe even at the end, hug it out in the words of the great Michael Scott, right? Hug it out, bitch. Uh, and then maybe that will better facilitate some sort of dialogue from people who come from completely different backgrounds and then may ultimately be able to understand that at the end of the day, despite the fact that we hold different beliefs and values, that we still have shit in common and that we can build on those similarities as opposed to divide because of our differences. Okay. Speaking of discourse, your boy's got his motherfucking first guest for the podcast coming up on Saturday. And I can't wait. I am so excited for her to come in. Uh, I won't give you much information about her, not because I'm trying to be secretive, but because I'm gonna let her do the talking for herself. But I will say that she is a philosophy professor at EPCC and I am very excited for her to come. Okay. So, um, I know there's a lot of people that I'm missing out to with this shout out list, but it's not all exclusive. It's not all inclusive, obviously. And I'll get to you all inevitably when I do remember off the top of my dome, exactly who it is that I'm trying to big up. Right. Ernie also saw you today. What's up, man? But so many more Louie what's a former student, right? Shared my shit a couple times on social media, dog. I appreciate that. Victor, same for you. Former student sharing my shit on social media. I appreciate that. Okay. Um, so yeah, let, let, let's just get straight into this. Okay. Um, this idea that I introduced by way of my complaining, if you will, about not getting my PhD, not because I am not working for it, but because this idea that it should just be given to me. Right. Oh man, this is, uh, when I was re-listening to some of the, the previous podcasts, I started to realize that there was a lot of things that, that I, that I said that I didn't explicate enough in further detail to fully give my thoughts their due proper. Right. And what I mean by that is specifically in regards to my comments regarding people who were creating signs to go protest the arrival of President Trump, right? Shit, before I even get further into that, let me just start this idea off by saying, yo, for reals, salute to the real ones here in El Paso, because despite the fact that I was talking shit about people who were out there making signs, it was not my intention. And then listening to it again, I started to realize ah, I'm kind of being unjust here, right? was not my intention to, to shit on everybody. It's a logical fallacy, right? We covered it last week. Um, in fact, there are some real, real legit fucking social justice activists here in El Paso, right? And unfortunately, they never get their due proper. So let me actually, before I continue, give them their due proper because, yo, I was watching the videos and even before the videos from when, when they went to the Trump protest, these people, man, I'm gonna name two, okay? Um, but specifically these two people, yo, they've been putting in work here in the local community since... Even before I pretended that I was trying to be giving, uh, putting in work, not even pretending at this point, right? I am doing it, but in my own special way inside my classrooms and hopefully with this podcast, right? But before any of these ideas came to my mind, there was these two people specifically that were already doing the dirt, man. One of them is, the la is one lady. I'm not going to share her name because, you know, the interest of privacy, but I'm sure you've seen her probably around definitely my social media page because I've shared her shit before because I think that the work that she's doing is super important. For instance... One of the projects that she has been working on for about four years now was this 
they're parking basically their buses down at uh, their trailers down at Bowie High School. Okay, for those of you who aren't from El Paso, Bowie High School is located. It it's basically a a stone's throw away from the border of Mexico. Okay. And as such, it is probably one of the most underserved and underprivileged underprivileged schools in the entire El Paso area. There's some in the outskirts of town that give it a run for its money considering their location. But historically speaking, the Bowie Bears are very proud people, mind you. But the school itself, I mean, it leaves a lot to be desired. And for some reason, people assume that just because this school is located in a very socioeconomically depressed area, that you can just do whatever the fuck you want with it including parking your 18-wheeler trailers there and leaving them running for extended periods of time completely in defiance of the fact that doing so is, you know, releasing particulates into the air that those people in that area are having to breathe in, right? So there's one particular lady, again, who I'm not going to share her name, but that's just been one, one of the many, many um, projects that she's been involved with, okay? And, you know, of course she was there at the Trump rally. And, of course, she's been at other, you know, rallies around El Paso, Texas. And, of course, she's made the signs. But you know what, man? That lady right there, she is a real one, okay? Like, she, there's no, there's no fuckery with that woman, okay? She's, she's a badass. I'm just going to tell you straight up, okay? The other one that I'd like to give a quick shout-out to is a, is a young lady around my age, right? Um, I've met her personally, right? We've only exchanged, like, cordialities, like, hey, how's it going, okay? But... Where I know her most from is, well, she is the creator and the owner, obviously, of one of my favorite Instagram pages. It's called Chicanisma, okay? And even though I don't entirely agree with everything she has to say, I agree with about 99.9 of what she has to say. And one of the things that she did post recently in, you know, uh, in regards to the Trump visit was her and a few friends of hers. I, I don't know the friends, but I do know that it was her for sure disrupted the protest and right the not the protest rather but they disrupted the the well they tried i don't know how successful it was i only saw the video of them doing it right uh i know for a fact that they didn't donald trump unfortunately it would have been awesome if he did right because then it could have brought brought to national attention the same way that it was brought to national attention when he was like get that man out of here right when he kicked that black dude out of the out of his rally during his run to presidency and that one guy sucker punched him in the face by the way that guy wound up crying and apologizing so just Right. Something to think about for all you fucking guys that are trying to act tough because the president suddenly emboldened you to do so. Pretty hard to act tough when you're in a court of law and, you know, being, you know, charged for assault charges for sucker punching some dude who just, you know, was exercising his First Amendment right, but was uh, told at the behest of the president to be removed from the properties. Unfortunately, this didn't happen to this one particular instance. And again, not because I wanted her to uh, her, her party to to endure any sort of ill will, but rather because it would have been great for the attention that she uh, to bring attention to the cause that she was trying to uh, demonstrate. And that was the, the current hunger strike that is being partaken or rather the current hunger strike that is being engaged by uh, these in uh, these immigrants who have been detained within ICE prisons. It's like the free the ICE nine or some, something like that. I apologize. I'm not butchering. I'm not, I'm completely butchering it because I'm not entirely too informed on the whole movement. Right. But you know, Google be your best friend, dog. And the idea here is that she personally went with the, at the behest of some of her friends and she was waving her, 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 her banner that, that, you know, attested to this very fact. So again, salute to another real one, because again, even before the Trump rally, I'm telling you, she has been heavily involved in this community, the, the social justice movement in this community, right? So again, I was being very unjust. I was trying to be a little silly, a little facetious, no doubt, right? 
um, talking shit about the people making signs, but uh, I, I felt as though I was definitely being unjust to the ones that are actually doing the work. Not like me. I'm telling you straight up. Like, uh, hopefully one day my activism will be anywhere close to what those two women have, you know, contrib- contributed to our local community. Um, and by the way, I focus on the two women. There's there's gentlemen out there who do the same thing, no doubt, right? But I'm focusing on women specifically because, well, I'm recording this podcast on a Wednesday. When you receive the podcast, I'm not exactly sure. Probably, hopefully today, most likely tomorrow on a Thursday. But I have this idea fresh in my mind right now of the whole woman crush Wednesday, right? Not to say that I had the crush on those women particularly because for those of you who have been following along with my social media post, know that that's not at all what it's intended to be, right? It's intended to give shout outs to the badass fucking women who, you know, do serious serious work right but get overlooked so they're you know a little, just adding on to the post that i did today which was for this one lady inez garcia you can find it on my instagram boom circling back around the wagon go follow it ice nice or yeah ice nice underscore el profe back to the original point you have to work for this shit bro another thing that i currently find right now that is i just oh okay uh, let's circle back a little bit Another topic that I introduced was identity politics. And I went into, I didn't introduce it per se, but I, I, I discussed it openly, right? And I introduced, I should say, is my disdain for it. And I should say that moreover that it's not necessarily an outright disdain so much as it is that I find them to be severely limiting and reductive. I know that much I said, okay? But I didn't necessarily say why. And the reason is because aside from the fact that, you know, they're trying to tell you as an individual what you are and what you can be, and if you don't ascribe to this particular uh, this ideology, then you are not being a faithful representative of whatever group of individuality that you identify with, okay? But another thing that I don't think I fully explicated was how I find them to be a form of brain brainwashing. It's kind of like they're, you're, they're, they're, you're being brainwashed. We're all being brainwashed, right? And one of the things that we're being brainwashed with is this idea that we just deserve shit just by virtue of being here. And that could not be any further from the truth i mean to put it nicely it's great that we live in a world where you know basic human rights are extended to us and not even to say extended to us i should say protected because there are rights and they don't fuck no one can give them to you no one can take them from you okay but we definitely do have structures in place that protect them for the time being right and they're constantly under attack there's no question about that but what i'm trying to say is that aside from that Yo, if you want something in this world, we have to go get it. This is the whole argument against our, the our, I say quote unquote R because I'd be a late millennial, right? Those earlier millennials, I don't know, man, right? This idea that we just deserve shit by virtue of being here, like just being born. Like I am here and I deserve this. I wish I could pull that card, especially with my PhD because I'm telling you, yo, that fucking shit sucks. I'm tired of school. I wish I could just tell them, yo, I've been here for so long. Just give it to me already. But unfortunately... They're going to laugh me out of, you know, the dean's office if I were to ever try to do so. The same can be said in extension to the whole social justice warrior movement, I guess you can say, right? There are certain things that we are absolutely entitled to just by virtue of being human beings, life, liberty, and the pursuit of justice, right? But everything after that, man, like we have to work for it. And this idea that you don't have the same as somebody else for no other reason than because of the color of your skin, your ethnicity, your gender, your sexual orientation, your religious beliefs. Like, no, dude, that is so fucking false, bro. Um, I mean, again, and I'm telling you this is false as someone who at one point or another severely relied on that 
as not only the majority of my epistemic discourse, that is to say that everything that I perceived as an injustice in the world was filtered through the lens of somebody who was experiencing reality as uh, as a brown person, right? But I also say it in the sense of somebody who understands that, yes, they are important, but they limit us because, yo, real shit, when I was relying on identity politics to justify what I perceived to be all my disadvantages in the world, I was a piece of shit, bro. Like, I was not doing i was not taking care of myself is what i'm trying to say it might have looked like i had my life together because yo i mean fucking 27 year old and i already was teaching at a college right i had a master's degree and i had you know i seem to be doing well right but right here and right here I, I was not in a good place right and rather than addressing that shit i was hiding behind the identity politics and i just assumed that people owed me shit because, well, why not, right? I'm fucking American. Uh, I'm a brown person. I've been shit on historically, blah, blah, blah. All that talk you've already heard. You're probably tired of it by this point, right? But nowhere in there that I pause to consider that maybe, maybe the reason that other people have more than I do is because rather than engaging in all the self-destructive patterns of behavior that were the hallmark of my life, right? They were actually going out and getting shit done, Okay. Some of the self-destructive patterns of behavior, for instance, sleeping in late, staying up late, drinking too much alcohol, right? Eating shit food, not exercising, not doing something as simple as cleaning my house, bro, right? Not spending enough time with my family, with my friends, right? All these kind of self-destructive patterns of behaviors, mindlessly scrolling social media, getting upset at shit that's been posted by people who are probably in the same position as I am, who fucking hate life for no other reason than they're, they also are neglecting all the personal issues in their life, right? And rather than focus on that, because oh, that just hurts a little bit too much, right? We projected it on other shit, like our identity instead. And we like to tell the world that the reason I'm in such a shitty position and the reason my world is all fucked up is not because I'm staying up late, sleeping in late, eating shit food, not exercising, spending too much time on social media, engaging in obsessive and compulsive behavior patterns that I've developed throughout the trajectory of my life to somehow try to deal with the trauma that I've endured in the past. Rather than doing any of that, I fucking blame it on being, you know, a brown person in a quote unquote white man's world. Maybe I'm not going to completely discount that fact because there's no doubt, you know, as a European person who comes to this country or came to this country 500 years ago, they laid the foundation for a structure that has enabled those who just by virtue of looking like them have had a chance, a little bit of a leg up, just a little bit, right? Because, you know, there was a point in time when we couldn't go to school, for instance. There was a great book that I wrote that had a quote that said, the only time you would see a person of color in a courtroom is if they were defending themselves or if they were cleaning it. <laughs> and I mean, if we're being honest, that pretty much was the case. But not anymore. So what's the excuse now, right? Yeah, we got a long way to go before we catch up. But they're not going to turn you away from law school because you're black. They're not going to turn you away from medical school because you're brown. They're not going to turn you away from fucking an MBA program because you're a woman or because you're gay. Like, no, dude, that shit, it's in the past, right? And to think that you should just be given those same opportunities because you, or not the same opportunities rather, but the same level of success as someone who's actually done the work to become a lawyer, a doctor, or, you know, have an MBA because no other reason than, you know, that you feel entitled to it or that you deserve it as some form of reparation, bro, that shit is so toxic and self-destructive. And I know, I know for those of you who hold on to this identity politics, 
It's probably something you don't want to hear. And I fucking completely understand, man, because I'm telling you, I was there, right? But there came a point in time, inevitably, when I had to realize, I had to just be honest with myself. I'll give you an example. There's this great meme page that I follow, right? It's called Gay Vape Shark, I believe it's called, right? And they posted a meme recently as the Eric Andre one where he's like hanging onto the wall and saying, let me in, right? And uh, they had this long summary that was talking shit about Killer Mike, right? And it's some other guys. So I'm assuming that he's probably a person of color, most likely a black guy that is spreading to the black community a similar message that, you know, Killer Mike has been spreading. And that is that you got to you gotta fucking man up. You got to not to say man up. I don't want to be sexist, right? But you got to fucking, you got to pull yourself up by the bootstraps, man. Again, to keep using this fucking conservative language. But again, you know, I don't identify with either one of those. So it doesn't really matter what language I use. What matters the most is that we understand the metaphor. And the metaphor here is that, yes, what Killer Mike is telling the black community essentially is that you can sit here and you can make excuses for why you have, you know, why you are in the situation that you are in. Or you can fucking nut up and make something of yourself, right? And what essentially this meme was trying to do is explicate that Killer Mike is by... reproducing this you know mentality is doing nothing more than perpetuating the same cycles of oppression that have led to the oppression of uh of black communities and you know by extension other communities of color as well as women and you know gay people okay and trust me i completely understand the logic behind that okay in fact i'm gonna even go so far and say that maybe there's a little more than a little bit of truth to it okay but at the end of the day, what, I, what, what that meme seems to be missing out on is the fact that capitalism inherently is not bad, okay? And this is kind of where we get to the, back to the little bit of the issues that we talked about the other day. Capitalism in itself, ugh, it's, it, it seems as though we don't have so much as a capitalism issue as we do a human nature issue, okay? Capitalism is just there. It is neutral, it is how it's been applied. That's a different story, okay? We know one thing for fuck sure, and that is that communism doesn't work. And trust me, this is coming from someone who for the longest time used to say shit like, communism works, bro. It just hasn't been applied properly. I mean, fuck, dude. How many more instances do we need to know that it doesn't matter how it's applied, that until you address the underlying human nature issue, fucking capitalism is never going to work. The human nature here issue being to, you know, reiterate what I talked about on my last podcast, the fact that humans desire power. So it could, it all starts off like this grand idea. Like let's, you know, let's, let's, let's seize the means of production and let's give everyone equal opportunity to an equal outcome. That sounds fucking great, man. But they never consider the fact that once one person gets that power, they don't want to relinquish it as communism tells them that they inevitably have to, right? And instead, what they do is they fucking hold on to it through a ruthless oppression, right? And because of that, we've seen historically just how communism doesn't work, right? The same can be said of capitalism, okay? At the very least, at the very least, what capitalism offers us that communism doesn't is the opportunity for individual people to succeed to the utmost of their ability, irrespective of the color of their skin, irrespective of their sexual orientation, irrespective of their religious beliefs, okay? So in regards to this meme that's telling you that, yes, what all Killer Mike is doing is perpetuating the same systems of oppression, 
I mean, he's right. I'm assuming it's a guy, but it could have been a girl. Look at me being a fucking sexist, cisgendered, chauvinistic shitbag. I apologize. I didn't mean to gender a fucking meme page, okay? Um, but in that respect, they're right. Like, a lot of the structures of capitalism were undoubtedly used to oppress and enslave even uh, black people in, in antebellum South America, right? The whole, the whole economy of the South was predicated on the slave trade, Right? So they're right in that respect, in the respect that, you know, when you're telling people of color, they, oh, in this particular instance, the black community, that they should pull themselves up by their bootstraps like Killer Mike apparently is doing, right? And uh, all, all you're really doing is teaching them to perpetuate the same structures that are going to inevitably take advantage of people in that community. I mean, maybe, bro, but maybe, again... This capitalism, it's not about the how it's it's not about the people who are, you know, partaking in it so much as it is. Let me be more direct here. It's a it's it's a human nature issue, right? So maybe, maybe Killer Mike may ultimately reproduce the same structures that have oppressed the black community in the South of America, right? Not this not South America, the South of America. But maybe he's gonna apply it in such a way, in a more egalitarian way, we should say, in a more thoughtful and a more pragmatic way that doesn't seek to take advantage of people and that is also possible with capitalism right everyone loves capitalism when you have these philanthropic billionaires who are giving away all their money to allegedly good causes I say allegedly because i don't know what the fuck they're giving their money to but it seems like they're giving their money away to good causes right and we all love them for that because we know full well that that money that these people are donating are going to make real fucking differences in the lives of millions of people millions of people yo right so we love capitalism then we love capitalism when we're fucking recording a podcast when we're fucking listening to a podcast when we're driving down paved roads in fucking brand new cars when we go to our house and we turn on the air conditioner the heater running water all those kind of things right but we just seem to hate it for some reason when it takes advantage of us or at least we assume that it takes advantage of us but now we're going to get into some real, maybe even perhaps controversial uh, idea. But I mean, maybe the only reason you're being taken advantage of by uh, capitalism is because you're just fucking dumb, bro. Right? Like, I mean, think about it. No one is telling you to fucking take out student loans, for instance. Right? That's, that, that's, that's, that's a choice that you make. Okay? No one is telling you not to invest your money. I'm not saying that you may even have enough money to invest in the first place, right? But if you do, you let's say you have a couple extra bucks at the end of the month. No one is telling you to fucking spend that shit, yo, right? No one is telling you moreover to live within these fucking these these means that have been arbitrarily put upon us that tell us that if you don't have fucking name brand clothes, new clothes, if you don't have the most expensive phone, if you don't have a nice car, quote unquote, then you're not a good person, right? And, you know, in, in, in seeking to live up to that standard, we ourselves are putting ourselves in these terrible picadillos. You know what I'm saying? And then to turn around and say that it's because of capitalism's fault that we're living through these oppressive structures. Hmm. I don't know, man. I'm, I'm not really willing. I'm not really willing to, you know, bite. I'm not really willing to solve that anymore. Because, again, trust me, at one point or another, I was fucking all on board. I was like, yo, capitalism's evil. It needs to be replaced. We need a more fucking thoughtful system that, you know, completely takes into account everybody's equal talents and et cetera, right? But as I've grown older, man, I'm starting to realize, yo, for one, people, some of us, we're just not equal, bro, right? And I'm saying that as somebody who from a young age wanted to play in the NBA. Like basketball, despite besides baseball, 
Basketball was my fucking favorite sport. And then I realized that I'm not fucking tall enough to be in the NBA. How about that? I don't fucking jump high enough to be in the NBA. I don't, I don't run fast enough to be in the NBA. And as much as I would like to think myself as equal to somebody in the NBA, the fact of the matter is LeBron James would come to this fucking house right now and shit on me and make me realize just how mistaken I was. And that's not LeBron James's fault. It's just the way he was born. It's just the way that I was born. Okay. Um, and in that respect, we can't fault LeBron James for signing $250 million checks or however much he's getting paid. Right. No less can we fault the people who are cutting him the checks in the first place, right? We might envy that, but then again, we got to start looking within ourselves and realizing, well, why am I envying this? And all this energy that I'm putting forth to envy this person, couldn't I be using it to fucking try to make myself the LeBron James of my own life instead to figure out all the things in my life that are keeping me from succeeding that LeBron James undoubtedly has? Because guess what? To be in a LeBron James position takes a lot more than just physical prowess. There's a million LeBron James, possibly more, physically speaking, walking this planet right now. But there's only one in the NBA. And that's because he has harnessed this immense potential that we have as humans and he has focused it in such a way that has allowed him to succeed at the utmost level at the highest level that only a few other a handful other basketball players have have, have been able to achieve right and although we may not have the physical gifts to be able to enable us to do the same in the nba that doesn't mean that we cannot do the same with our in our own personal lives right and this message more than anything is the one that i felt was completely glossed over when I was so deeply enmeshed in this fucking identity politics game, bro. Because what they're trying to say is, no, the reason you don't have what LeBron James has is because you're a brown man, okay? And as a brown man living in the United States of America, your kind have been historically repressed. So what we need to do is overthrow all the structures that have historically oppressed people like you and replace them with structures that will put you on an even keel with LeBron James. Come on, man. Like, no matter what we fucking do, I will never be like LeBron James. I can't. Maybe one day science will figure out how to make people grow. But until then, I am forever going to be fucking at least 10 inches shorter than LeBron James. Maybe one day science will be able to figure out how to make me run faster. But until then, even 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 if by chance they, they got me to run as fast as LeBron James, you don't think LeBron James is going to have access to that same science? So by the time I catch up to him, he's already going to be fucking light years ahead of me. Okay. The idea here is that instead of fucking focusing on overcoming, quote unquote, all these obstacles that are keeping me from being the LeBron James of the NBA, I needed to start focusing on all the obstacles here and here that were keeping me fucking Isaac Settles, from being the LeBron James of my own personal life, bro. Right. Again, and it all circles back to this whole identity politics shit they don't fucking teach us that all they teach us is that you know they just teach us to make excuses basically right and again i understand their appeal but ultimately they don't they don't fucking do nothing but harm okay they harm us in the long run because where we should be looking the entire time is inside we should be looking where our own insufficient our, our own deficiencies are okay um for me personally I can tell you, and I'm pretty sure that it will relate to you as well. I know for a fact because, well, I've surprised, like, uh, surprise, here we go. Um, a little, letting you into a little bit of the secrets of the trade. I've actually filtered this through my students many times. And it undoubtedly resonates with them as well. So I know for a fucking fact it's going to relate with you too. 
my personal shortcomings were a direct result of all the terrible self-destructive patterns of behavior that I had accumulated throughout my throughout the course of my life in an attempt to not to just simply cope with the the trauma, if you will. I'll, I'll use the word trauma. I don't mind using it. I don't I don't like to use it because I don't want to a underplay the role of actual trauma that people have experienced, but b because I I it sounds it sounds like I'm overselling it just a little bit, but yo real shit, I'm probably not, okay? Listen, for better, for worse, if you ask me for better, existence is fucking suffering, dude, okay? We have all suffered just by virtue of being alive, okay? No one gets through this shit unscathed. And the people who look like they have it together, they're either A, trying really fucking hard to maintain, I won't say the facade, but they've tried really hard to get to the point where they get it together, or they just have not yet had a moment to analyze the ways in which their fucking life has been fucked along the way and all the patterns of behavior that they've picked up in order to cope with that specific fact, right? I'm really big into this uh, idea right now of recovery, especially the recovery of one's existence, right? This is a, a deeply existential topic that basically wants to tell us that we've been living our entire lives kind of as, we just kind of just as passengers to our own lives. Like our life is happening over there, right? We're being pushed by all these external forces and the whole time we're kind of just sitting there watching it unfold before our eyes, right? And that rather than doing the difficult work of actually taking control of the wheel, We've been sitting back and just watching it and, you know, blaming other other external forces as to why we cannot, you know, just seem to become more happier individuals, right? The process of recovery then entails that, yo, you have to recognize, are you actually living or are you just surviving? Because if you're just surviving, chances are, You've probably accumulated a bunch of these fucking self-destructive patterns of behavior as a means of helping you cope with the fact that you know full well that you your life is just fucking flying right by you and you are not doing anything to, you know, take the wheel as it were, right? And I don't fucking blame you because again, I was there, right? And moreover, taking the wheel is actually a very, very fucking difficult thing to do. My boy Nietzsche right here, right? Is the one who taught me this. Because it implies that you have to look inward. You have to look inward and be honest with yourself and understand, yeah, dude, like, I'm not really living up to my potential. And the majority of the reason why is because rather than focusing all of my attention on actually maximizing my potential, I'm focusing the majority of my attention on trying to keep it down, right? Keep down all the trauma that I've endured throughout the course of my life because I know full well that the second even a little bit of it comes to the surface, I'm going to be a fucking emotional mess, right? And, you know, a great way to keep all that trauma down is to distract ourselves with shit like, oh, I don't know, identity politics. We like to tell ourselves that the reason our life is such shit is because I'm a brown person, because I'm a black person, because I'm a gay person. Maybe. Or maybe the reason your life is shit is because your fucking parents didn't love you because you didn't get hugged enough. Maybe your parents loved you too much. Maybe they had such high expectations from you for you and you weren't able to live up to them. Right. Maybe you have this fucking void that has been created throughout from the beginning of your life that cannot be filled. Okay, not or that, that you've been trying to fill in such a way with nothing but physical objects, whether it be food, sex, alcohol, drugs, whatever. Right. 
And that instead of fucking focusing on filling that hole with what it needs to be filled with, namely things like love, wisdom, truth, knowledge, understanding of the way the world really is, right? We've been engaging in these self-destructive patterns of behavior all the while conveniently ignoring the fact that the hole even exists in the first place, right? Because, yo, drinking alcohol fucking feels great, especially when it helps you forget about shit. Binge eating junk food fucking feels great, especially when it helps you forget about shit, right? Identity politics makes us feel great, especially when it helps us forget about shit, right? Blaming capitalism for our fucked up lives helps us feel great. And it's the easy thing to do, right? All of that shit is easy to do. What is not easy to do is to actually be fucking honest with oneself and realize all the ways that we are fucking hurting. And then, and then addressing those ways in an honest, thoughtful, and pragmatic manner in the hopes that doing so may potentially lead to a little bit of peace and fucking calm in our lives, right? So circling all the way back to the very beginning, why am I so fucking vehemently against identity politics? At least, you know, 99% is because they don't teach this. Man, I'm telling you, like, there's some text that I'm reading sometime in my PhD work, and I'm just like, yo, how is this any different from fucking white supremacy shit? Just because it's people of color who are writing it, like they have they have shit that's, you know, talking about blood and soil nativism, right? They have shit in, these, in some of these texts that say that we're nothing more than brown bodies. Like, what? You're, you're, you're collectivizing me. And in collectivizing me, you're completely ridding me of any personal subjective experience. And you're telling me, moreover, hey, Isaac, don't fucking worry about your own shit that you're struggling for because your own shit pales in comparison to the shit that's going on with the collective group. So it doesn't matter if your fucking life is falling apart. Put all of that aside and focus instead on what's good for the greater overall fucking community of which you belong to, which is great because, again, you know, our community, specifically here on the borderland, is going through some shit right now. But what good is my helping them, right? If I myself am on a fucking emotional wreck on the inside, I'm just a disaster, okay? This is getting a little bit more into depth about this idea of how I talked about in my last, my last podcast, how I just wasn't being real. I just wasn't being real when I was out there holding up those signs, right? And the reason I wasn't being real is because that attention that comes along with being the person holding up that sign is a fucking great distraction from the void, the hole inside of yourself, myself, right? I'm telling you straight up, those fucking likes on Instagram, those fucking likes on Facebook, yo, they fuck with our heads, right? And they got us thinking, yo, I got 150 likes. Everything is great in my life. Meanwhile, again, fucking sleeping late, staying up late, fucking drinking every day, eating shit food. Like what part of your life is great? Ignoring all the past traumas in my life, right? Doing all those behaviors, right? I should be more specific in an attempt to avoid all those fucking, all that past trauma. And then the cherry on the top, thinking that because I am this fucking social justice warrior, the attention that comes with it, the fucking, the self-satisfaction that comes with it, that everything is fucking good. Dude, that is terrible self-serving, self-defeating idea, ideation that it, it's, it's just toxic, right? And it's, it's weird because as part of this PhD program that I'm in, I, it's fucking always there, right? 
And again, I understand their importance to an extent, but inevitably the time is going to come when, when, when the emperor is going to be shown to have no clothes, right? What I mean by that is if all we have to argue on is the platform of identity politics, it's just a matter of time before more and more people start to realize, people of color like myself, that it's not the fucking complete solution, right? And that, yeah, even if we by chance were to completely overthrow the people who we believe to be traditionally in positions of power and replace them instead with people that look like us, we are going to repeat the same patterns of behavior because this whole time that we are so focused on the outside, we never looked on the inside and we never realized that, yo, not only are you a fucking emotional mess, but you have the same beliefs. You have the same fucking values. You've been inculcated. You've been brainwashed with the same fucking desires that the people that you believe to be fucking the, the evil of the world have. So it doesn't matter who is in the position of power. It doesn't matter what color they are. If you don't fucking do any inward and any inward reflection, you're just going to perpetuate the very same patterns of behavior that you said were the fucking cause of all the evil in the world, right? We're starting to see it a little bit more now with these politicians who are fucking women like fucking Hillary Clinton, right? Kamala Harris that supposedly represents the black community just because she's a black person. Fuck out of here, dude. Look at her, look at her record for how many people she's in prison just uh, in the black community, right? But we're told that because, you know, she's a woman, Hillary Clinton is a woman, that they're somehow going to be better. No, right? And this is where I felt I didn't completely explicate why further in detail in that previous podcast. But the idea here is simple because how about this? A little hip hop pedagogy. I'm going to cite my fucking one of my top three favorite rappers of all time, Miss Hill, Lauren Hill. And the idea here is simple. How you going to win when you ain't right within? How you going to win when you ain't right within? Uh-uh. Come again. Right? Dude. The real change. Huh? How about this? Some more fucking hip hop pedagogy. J. Cole. I said, what good is taking over when you know what you're going to do? The only real revolution happens right inside of you. I said, what good is taking over when you know what you're going to do? The only real revolution happens right inside of you. Right? So, yeah, dude, there are some people who are fucking down as fuck for the cause. I'm telling you, I started the podcast out with them. Okay? But the majority of us, we need to be fucking honest about what our intentions are. Right? And I'm telling you straight up, at least for me, because I can only speak for my behalf, my intentions were never to fucking help alleviate the conditions of suffering that the people that we're allegedly fighting for are experiencing. My intention was just to alleviate my own fucking selfish suffering. And I wasn't even doing it the right way, right? Alleviating my suffering would have come by actually honestly examining all the shit that's making me fucking hurt. But instead, I deluded myself into believing falsely that I was alleviating it by helping others become fucking alleviated from their conditions of suffering. Now, I'm not saying that it's important not to, but I'm just saying, again, to reiterate, what good is our doing so if we ourselves are a fucking emotional disaster? Uh, just a disaster all around, right? What good is us helping other people if we're not fucking even helping us, ourselves, personally, right? Now, I'm not saying to fucking focus entirely on yourself, Right. But if you do want to shit, what the fuck? This is America. Do whatever the fuck you want to do. Right. But I am saying, I mean, let's look at the fucking the root word of selfish. OK, the root word of selfish is self. OK, 
And if you are not working on yourself, how the fuck are you going to be able to help other people? If you do not love yourself, how the fuck are you going to love other people? If you yourself are not free, how are you going to liberate other people? It's not possible, right? Change is slow. Always has been, always will be. Some more J. Cole, right? Yes, we all want to be the fucking one on the front line changing the world because, well, fuck, dude, the world's fucked up and we have the power to do so, so why not? However, it's a slow process and it's always going to have to start here first, right? So it's the kind of the point that I was trying to get to the other day and that whole fucking rant I went on about, you know, identity politics. And there's, there's going to be more to come because, again, I'm going to get deeper into this idea about how it's indoctrination and how it's fucking mind control and all that kind of shit. But before I do that, I'm going to just end this bad boy right here today with one last example, okay? And that last example is, yo, real shit, I'd rather see people do work than talk about doing work, right? Yeah, you know what? Maybe being in fucking fighting for the community is something that you truly value. Like, again, the two young ladies or the two ladies that I mentioned in the beginning, right? But I don't want to fucking hear about it. I want to see about it, right? A great example of this would be, for instance, right now with Jigga. Dude, Jay-Z, great, great fucking song where he talks about how can I help the poor if I'm part of them, right? Circling back to this whole idea of capitalism is evil. This is a person who has paid the legal fees of countless rappers who have faced charges that had they not had Jay-Z's resources would likely have stayed in jail for a long time. Meek Mill, fucking 21 Savage. Hello, governor. Yeah, right? Like, bro. We have to fucking let go of these fucking identity politics that have been put on us and are telling us that the world is evil because of these ideas that are fucking being given to us by these college professors, of which I myself am one of them, okay? Unreflectively, right? Because we're going to jeopardize. We're going to jeopardize the potential of what we've built in this country it's not the most perfect country and i'm not trying to be an american exceptionalist this idea that we are the best fuck no i know that we're not the best but i know that the majority of the shit that we do here in this country is not even possible in other countries we may not like it it may have a terrible fucking history but that doesn't mean that we cannot change it and then it's going to have a terrible future right we fucking get your head cut off in Saudi Arabia talking shit like this, right? Here in America, I can say whatever the fuck we want, whatever you want, whatever I want without fear of repercussion. So to jeopardize this because you feel as though you've been fucking unfairly treated just because of your identity, nah, man, right? It's, it, 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 it's much more deeper than that. And it's going to take some honest self-reflection on oneself by oneself to understand that you know, yeah, it's important more to drive your politics from your identity and not your identity from your politics. Or rather, I apologize, the other way around. Your identity from your politics and not your politics from your identity. That is to say, if you are that fucking freedom fighter out there who really is a fucking down fucking for the hood social justice warrior, A, I want to see you doing the social justice on the fucking front grounds. I want to see boots on the ground, fucking organizing communities, right? And putting on fucking uh, events for the community to fucking en en enlighten them about the ways in which they're being fucked, right? And then I want to see you draw your politics from those actions. What I don't want is to fucking see people deriving their fucking politics just from their identity. Like, oh, I'm a brown person, so this is what I believe. Nah, man, that shit is a very slippery slope. And I'm not trying to be a fucking a doomsayer again, but I don't see it ending well. I just don't see it ending well, right? 
So with that said, I think this has been sufficiently long enough rant about the fucking more dangers of identity politics and philosophy in general. I meant to talk about a logical fallacy today, but I'm going to go ahead and hold that off until next podcast. So for now, I hope you all have a great rest of your day whenever the fuck you're listening to this. And I look forward to seeing you all again for my next podcast with the philosophy professor from EPCC until, well, the other philosophy professor from EPCC because, right? Until then, peace.